Welcome everyone to the first brand new episode of the Comic Multiverse for the year 2017. Hello Matt, how you doing? I'm doing very well. It felt like we haven't left. It really didn't, you know. That's kind of been the thing. You know, we might have been we were only gone like what 3 weeks give or take. About that. Yeah, I think so. It's funny in the time we've been away, I've actually and and you'll get a good kick out of this, Matt. I've actually been learning a lot about Australia. Yeah. I've been listening to the Harmontown podcast, of course, Dan Harmon, he was the guy behind Community, he's one of the co-creators of Rick and Morty. Uh, his mm -hmm. big podcast took a tour to Australia, he did, you know, all the big theaters and everything down there, and just by listening to the show, I learned things I never knew about your nation, Matt, like, you guys invented Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, we did. We wouldn't be able to do this show were it not for Australia, wrap your minds around that, everybody. <laughs> It's funny, we invented Wi-Fi, but we still have, like, the shittest internet ever. <laughs> ah, that's unfortunate. Or how your tourism board says, hey, you know, no one has died in Australia of a venomous spider bite for the last 30 years. <laughs> yeah, just that little, little small font down the bottom, last 30 years. <laughs> the fact that you have to put 30 years on there. <laughs> Some other shit I found out about the political nature of Australia in your country, liberals are the right-wing ones in your country. Yeah, it's kind of backwards. Wow, and also, you, you guys kind of have your own Trump, too, there. Uh, Pauline Henson, is that her name? Yeah, and I, ju I just found out uh, about a week ago that Louis Theroux, the guy who does all the amazing documentaries for the BBC, is planning on doing a documentary on her. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I, uh, I yeah. looked up some pictures at her of her, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's like... Wendy from the Wendy's restaurant if she got really old and really pissed <laughs> off at everything. Yeah, she she's terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I looked at her politics there. Close the mosque, send the immigrants home, kill the firstborn yep. sons. Whoa, yep. whoa, what? P -p people um uh, pranked her on, I think it was Christmas or just before Christmas. They, they sent her, because she's against, like, Muslims and stuff, they oh, sent her... Um, Halal certified Vegemite. Ah, that's pretty good. And, and she wasn't very happy about it. No, I imagine she's not happy about anything. Speaking of food, Matt, here's another thing I found out in my excursion in learning about Australia. Uh, they they had started a conversation about like you know types of cheese and everything. Like you know we have uh, in like North America, they call it American cheese or processed cheese. You guys have tasty cheese. Explain tasty cheese to me. Uh, it, it's tasty. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that, is, is it like tasty cheese you would use to make like a grilled cheese sandwich, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that sort of stuff, yeah. Okay, I get it now. And, uh, what is there, you, you guys, you don't use the word pepper, you use the word capsaicum. Yeah, yeah, well, we, sometimes we use peppers, sometimes we use capsicum, yeah. It it varies wherever you go. Now, I felt very smart, because listening to the Harmontown guys, they were completely and utterly confused by this, and all I could think is, like, it's the stuff that's in pepper, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know many things outside comic books and what's in pepper, but I know that. <laughs> God damn it. And uh, I guess with that out of the way, now that we've uh, paid tribute to the great nation of Australia... Oh, uh, speaking of with my Australian week, I played Battlefield uh, 1, and there's an amazing campaign where you get to play as the Australian Navy. Yep, it's really great. Probably one of the best ones. It's like, you can't die, you're Australian, and I'm like, awesome. 
<laughs> fun fact too about that campaign they talk about every uh one that took place or took part in the siege of gallipoli and they mention you know australia new zealand turkey newfoundland which is part of canada <laughs> but in 1915 was not part of canada yet they were the last province to come join canada well, they they only sent two guys to Gallipoli, you know. <laughs> it's a small place, <laughs> but you know, Bob and Doug, they were really they were really positive in the whole Gallipoli thing. You know, they were really the real morale boosters. <laughs> but yes, on that note, everyone, this is a comic podcast. I know you could be forgiven for not believing that, but we actually do have a decent amount of news. Uh, quite a few things happened while we were away, both today and in the weeks past. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff, I, mainly recently as well, in the last week or so. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll start with a nice funny topic that I'm sure we'll all get a little chuckle out of, and uh, it's also a nice way for us to pat ourselves and the patrons on the back and also the people who are listening on Podbean and everywhere else. Uh, you'll remember for Christmas, the last thing we did was we finally gave fans what they wanted. We gave them the Batman v Superman riff, to which I say thank you everyone, you made that one of the most successful videos I've done on the channel, and easily the most successful riff we've done, so hey. Yeah, our, our torture was paid off. It paid off. Paid off in full, and everyone was really positive about that, which I like. Yeah, you didn't really get any of those people that, that complain for the sake of complaining. No, no, they knew it was a joke, they knew it was an all fun, and they knew we were having a good time. And speaking of all jokes and all in fun and all having a good time, uh, today it was announced that Batman v Superman is apparently leading nominations for this year's Razzie Awards. And why, and why shouldn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a pretty stacked deck this year. I actually, I had all the things up here, but it's like, uh, it's... In almost all the categories, you know, worst movie, worst director, Affleck and Cavill both get mentioned in worst actor. Yeah, I'm surprised by that because I, I would have thought like Henry Cavill would have been best supporting actor seeing as he wasn't in the movie all that much. It, it truly is a Batman movie. No, well, see, they had to give worst supporting actor to Jesse Eisenberg and oh my <laughs> God, does he deserve to win that. Oh, God, yeah, and I, I, I was talking to Tom about this, and I said, instead of giving him, like, the Razzie trophy, they should just give him, like, a jar of piss. <laughs> Granny's peach tea, and he's got a chuck the whole thing. <laughs> Here's the thing, Eisenberg, you can still save it in the eyes of the fans if you do what Holly Berry did for Catwoman. In fact, because it's a superhero movie, it would be very fitting. Have the balls to go and accept your Razzie. Yeah, and... Better yet, accept it as Lex Luthor. Oh, oh, you know, oh, you know the thing, the thing about God, <laughs> God and raspberries. You know, it, it, it was a beloved food of the Israelites. Now let me, oh, let me tell you about it. That's what you got to do. <laughs> if he did that, I'd be like, you know what, Eisenberg, you're cool again. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Like, if you can prove that you can actually have a good laugh at your own expense, Holly Berry did it better than anyone. When she accepted it for Catwoman, she's like, yeah, you know, I'd like to thank my manager who let me do this and my age <laughs> and, the, and the fucking director. <laughs> she just did it really pissy. It was like, yeah, thanks for everyone because, you know, we couldn't have made this bad movie on its own. <laughs> and, of course, the more vocal DC film fans, as they often did, were quite offended by this. Again, no. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the Razzies, guys. It's a joke. It's supposed to be fun and funny and everything. Yeah, no, they just take everything too seriously. 
just ha- have a chuckle every now and again. You'll you'll live longer. I <laughs> I know that's kind of hard to do considering the people in these movies you like so much would never chuckle. It might actually kill them. It, it might. It might. You know, cause some fast-acting cancer or something. Speaking of which, uh, and while we're on the same uh, Batman v Superman uh, topic, and we were, we got our first pictures today of Justice League, of uh, yeah. of the team all together. They all looked really weird, like weird like stances. Yeah, like they, it, it was. It was like it was like a shot that was taken from like a clip or something that they just blew up to 4k or something right like they were moving forward it's kind of funny because all i could think and and i'm kind of paraphrasing one of my friends on twitter here it's like batman said okay everyone get down in the basement and practice your frowning (laughs) we'll glower this enemy to death is what we'll do everyone get down in the basement and and cyborg is using megatron as his crutch oh yeah you and mitch brought that one up that was good i i obviously wasn't looking at cyborg's crotch but uh, good good detective work there boys you cracked the crotch case oh there's a title for the episode right there crotch case sometimes they just fall right into your laps people i mean yeah on one hand it's cool to see the Justice League together and everything, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, this looks like everything I didn't like about the other movies. Yeah. Also, does does Batman's costume not have a bat symbol on it? Uh, I, I I couldn't notice one on it. It just looks like just normal armor. It was it was really dark. I couldn't tell. It's funny too to see Cyborg standing in the middle, right? Oh, well, he's there because he's got, like, that chest thing, and it's that's the, the visual symmetry. Draws your and, eye. You know, yeah. So, so much for me for thinking, like, oh, is this communicating that Victor will actually have a really big role in this movie if he's literally standing in the middle of he's front and center? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. You know what also kind of made this image kind of weird, and I'm sure you would agree? It's the Justice League minus Superman. Yeah, yeah, they're really playing up that, like, oh, no, guys, Superman's actually dead, even though Henry Cavill filmed all the time this film was being made. <laughs> as as Matt and I have said, we bet you a million, a million quatloos, what's going to happen is, you know, it's going to be the final act of the movie, they're losing super hard to Steppenwolf, then, oh, Superman punches his way out of the grave, and he's got a beard and long hair and a black suit like death and return of superman and that's what it's going to be and he's going to punch steppenwolf to death and that's going to be the movie yeah he'll have black suit out of nowhere you know it'll just be black because that was what Zack Snyder saw in that one comic panel yeah it's funny too with aquaman it's like for a second i feel like i could make out the colors in his suit another time i couldn't here in this lighting he looked absolutely brown yeah yeah which you know makes him look like a big angry poop (laughs) (laughs) that's aquaman that's the thing he plays on the team i showed it to another person they're like hey did they put blonde streaks in jason momoa's hair and i'm like nope didn't they i don't know because i because i I remember in that 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 thing that um they released that that comic con is he's got like it's like a really dirty blonde right like a really really dirty one Uh, again as is par for the course in these dc movies they seem to put these images out in really terrible lighting so i could be wrong yeah it's hard to make out anything so that's that everyone it's kind of i mean what, what can you say about a picture yeah Uh, Pretty much. For all the problems, though, that Justice League and Batman v Superman may have, it is nothing compared to our next story, and I think I can happily say that. I'm sure you heard this one as well, Matt. Rob Liefeld 
the man behind Awesome Comics, a name he picked for himself. Apparently, a bunch of his heroes have been optioned for movies by Weed Row Productions, and really, that's fitting because weed is what you would have to be smoking to think those heroes deserve <laughs> their own movie. Ha cha cha cha. Yeah, I think it's just because, hey, this guy co-created Deadpool. Maybe his other adaptations of his work will be uh, succeed as well as Deadpool did. What Maybe a, that's their reasoning for doing that. Oh, 100%. That's got to be it. What a wonderfully out-of-touch, big <clears throat> businessman, old guy in a chair smoking a cigar. Hey, you know, that fucking Deadpool did really good, didn't he? What else did that Liefeld man make? Okay, make movies out of all of them. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason we don't know Rob Liefeld creations, or we do because the fact is he created five characters then just kept recreating them over and over again. Yeah, using their templates. <laughs> using their templates. Big guy, little guy with a bow, chapel guy, blood gun, fuck <laughs> fist, you know, all, all, all those classic characters. <laughs> actually, you know, here, I, I don't actually know that many Rob Liefeld characters. Well, I do, but I've blocked many of them from my memory. Let's, uh, let, let's actually sit down and let's actually look at some Rob Liefeld comic characters' names. Why don't we? Uh, all I know about is Youngblood. That's about it. And Youngblood, and Hard Case, and Shaft, and Die Hard, <laughs> and Glory, and Scratch, and Twilight, and Spellcaster, I'm reading them all now, and Black Mask, who looks like a lazy tombstone, <laughs> and Televillain, get it? He's got a television for a head, Matt. Oh... And Professor Knight and Supreme and Doc Rocket and Bad Rock, who used to be called Bedrock, but they had to change it because the Flintstone people uh, sued him. Oh, really? Yeah. Bad Rock <laughs> is also a really, really lame, if you Google him, thing ripoff is what he is. Yeah, he's like some big weird thing with big shoulders. Yeah, his, uh, his war cry used to be Yabba Dabba Doom, but they had to change that because, again, the Flintstone people <laughs> sued them. Oh, that's too good. And Prophet, who just looks like Cable if he wore purple. And Ron. Yeah, they're, they're all just like, essentially X-Men. Yeah, or, you know, variations on Cable. He even has a character called Sentinel. Oh, well, I can, I can imagine what that looks like. Troll, who is literally just Wolverine, but he's wearing a green onesie. He has the same haircut and everything, but he also has goggles, so it's okay. Oh, so, so he's like... Like if Doomsday had hair. Yeah, it's, it's slightly different. It's slightly different. I would say probably the only one design of his that I actually liked was Chapel. But again, I think they do him better, uh, what is it, as Crossbones or any of those other characters with painted face. No, okay. So yeah, that, that's the one. And even then, I'm mostly remembering Chapel from the underrated Spawn cartoon series. Yeah. Which is funny, apparently, you know, in part of the whole shared continuity thing, it's like, yeah, you know, Chapel was totally the guy who killed Spawn. But then Todd McFarlane and uh, Rob Liefeld were fighting with each other, and so he had to change it and be like, no, nah, no, nah, he just thought it was Chapel, though, from Youngblood. <laughs> but it wasn't really, though. Uh, I hate when, when creators do that. Yeah, where they're getting if pissy. They, they, they just suddenly get into a fight after they've created something that's actually kind of cool, and then they go they go out of their way to spite each other and change it. Well, you will find no two creators more pissy than McFarlane and Liefeld, it would seem. 
when it comes to these things and you put them together it's just a it's just a recipe for disaster as far as weed road making a line of superhero movies go you know how people always love to say and they love to do their hot takes and everything of like oh when will the superhero bubble burst? When will this whole thing be over? When are they going to scrape the bottom of the barrel? I think it's starting. I think this is scraping the bottom of the barrel right here. <laughs> I think these movies might just kill it, is all I'm saying. Well, do you think they'll do movies, or do you think it'll do the 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 uh, the old, oh, we're going to make movies out of these, and then the movies don't come to fruition, so they turn to, like, miniseries or something? Mm. Yeah. An animated movie or something possibly i mean valiant is doing that whole web series thing for a bunch of the characters yeah. they own i could see it going down a similar path yeah yeah exactly or maybe movies that get made and just get shelved forever yeah yeah i could see that happening uh speaking of projects that we didn't think were going to happen that got canceled and shelved and moved around and everything constantine is coming back on the CWC. On the CWC. It's funny, when I heard this news, I had a total, like, roller coaster of emotion. They're like, yeah, Constantine's back, and we got Matt Ryan, right? That's the guy? That's the yep. guy with yep. It's like, Constantine's back with Matt Ryan. Yeah, fuck yeah. As an animated series. Oh, yeah, I love animation. On the CWC. Oh, shit. <laughs> so it's going to be like Vixen, right? Where you make one episode and chop it up into five minutes. No, they're going to be at least 10 minute episodes. Oh, oh, okay. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. It, it's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder where they're going to go with this Constantine show if they will pick up from where the criminally underrated show left off. Or if yeah, they'll or, just, or they'll just the right tie, it in, tie it into Arrow again like they did. When they introduced him onto Arrow. Well, that's the funny thing too. In the same interview where they were talking about this new show, they said, "Yeah, well, you know, we're gonna take we're gonna take inspiration from the Arrowverse and everything, Constantine." But he's he's still kind of doing his own thing. And like, did they forget he was in it? I think I think they must have kind of forgotten. <laughs> uh, I think everyone forgot that because it was awful. I, I do think it's cool though that it's coming back. I think it's cool they got the original dude behind it. Also, if you looked at the promotion art they came out with it, where it's like, oh, what new and interesting design are they going to have for Constantine? Oh, it's just his character model from that new Justice League Dark movie. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that really, like, kind of buff Constantine. It, it feels like they're like, hey, we had all these character models just laying around from that other movie. Can we do a Constantine show? And they're like, yeah, no skin off our ass. <laughs> Go for it. I, I really want Seed to, like, succeed in everything, and I think it's really cool that they give these CW characters animated shows where they can do the type of stuff they could never do in live action. But, man, were those two first vixens just really half-assed and slapped together. Yeah, yeah, and then it never really paid off anyway because they ended up recasting the woman anyway for live action. Yeah, they ended up going with a completely different vixen, so in many ways it was a big failure. And the reason was, oh, the actress couldn't commit to it. I'm like, well, fuck, why did you throw in behind her for all these if she couldn't commit? <laughs> yeah, well, why did she need to be part of Legends of Tomorrow? Make Just make it a different character. Yeah, did she get pregnant or something? I don't know the full story. I know we've talked about this before. But, geez, I, I hope Constantine does a little bit better. And I don't know, maybe he can come back. Wouldn't it be cool to see Constantine join the Legends of Tomorrow for, like, Season 3? It'd be great. He'd be, like, the only smart one on the team. Yeah, yeah you see, that was my fear. I don't want Constantine to come down with a bad case of Legends writing. <laughs> Legends-itis. Where he forgets he can do magic. 
Oh, no. oh right, I, I've got all these spells I could use. <laughs> oh no, they hit us with that dart that makes us unable to use our powers. But John, you're magical though. You you have magic. <laughs> your your power doesn't come from inside you biologically. You can create magic. <laughs> oh, it made me like fucked up in the head. I, I'm dyslexic now. I can't write runes or anything. <laughs> I can't read my spell book. It made me illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man now there is your emmy episode right there john constantine has to come to terms with illiteracy and everyone's like sound it out john <laughs> or oh, i can't do it i just can't <laughs> and, and like they're trying to like ply him with cigarettes like they just got a pack of cigarettes like sound it out and you get a smoke <laughs> he's like fine then i'll do it uh, go dog go <laughs> you're doing it constantine you're doing it <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah, there's your Oscar app, or there's your Emmy episode right there on a very special episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Constantine battles illiteracy. Yeah, and just to like push the Emmy thing, they said it during like during like the slave days of the Civil War. Of course, or World War Two. You know, whatever. We want to be classy about it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Where he's got to learn to read, because somehow that'll help him defeat Hitler if Constantine <laughs> learns how to read. <laughs> John, if you don't learn how to read, then the Nazi zombie army will take over the world, and possibly space. <laughs> oh, geez, I guess I better learn how to read then. <laughs> so yeah, Constantine's show, it'll be cool, but don't be shocked if a lot of people forget about it, as they've forgotten about a lot of these CWC things. Yeah, it probably will be forgotten about pretty quickly. Now, that being said, DC Animation, they're kind of turning it around in the last little bit. Justice League action has been awesome. Young Justice 3 will hopefully be awesome. And we haven't seen the Justice League Dark movie yet, but, you know, it has potential. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So, cautiously optimistic for all of this. Uh, what doesn't have me cautiously optimistic, though, it actually has me a little bummed. I'm sure you heard about this too, Matt. Uh... Marvel is changing their digital code program now, and by changing, I mean they're not offering digital codes anymore when you buy physical copies. Yeah, it's it's definitely very weird. It sends kind of a bad message to the industry when one of the big two are like, fuck physical copies, don't buy them anymore, don't go to your local store, just buy digital. Yeah, it's... It's a sign of the times, I guess. It is. Like, you know, that was the big incentive for the longest time. Hey, buy physical and you'll get the digital code and you can carry it around with you wherever you go. It was a nice thing. It kept comic stores happy. It kept fans happy. It seemed really good. And this this is, you know, yeah, like you said, Matt, it's a sign of the times. This is kind of freaky that they're doing this. And, I mean, you got to wonder why. Were they losing money on it, the system they had before? Like, this seems like foolproof. Like, how could you lose money on it? Yeah, it, it's definitely very weird, and I'm intrigued to see if they actually release details on why. They probably won't, but it'd be definitely interesting to find out the reason why they're doing this. My my only theory that I have going into this is that the reason they've done away with it is that they want to have like a similar, like, like a Netflix a la carte service of their own. Being like, yeah. hey, read any Spider-Man comic you want from the last, you know, 60 years for like, I don't know, nine ninety nine a month, you can have access to the full catalog or something like that. Like, sell it like Netflix. I, I thought that was, um, what's that thing they do now? Marvel Ultimate is. Uh, oh, Marvel Unlimited or whatever it is. I thought that was similar to what it what you just talked about. It, is, is. That, is that old stories and new stories or just old stories? 
I, I don't know. I've never had Marvel Unlimited or anything, but um, it sounds similar to that because I remember people saying like, oh, just get Marvel Unlimited. You can read, you know, all the new Star Wars books and everything and stuff like that. Possibly. I don't, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe uh, it, it doesn't have a big catalog or something. You would think we would know more about the digital comic scene, Matt, given our job and everything, yet shockingly, <laughs> we're not experts on it. No, no. I, I, I do prefer... Um, physical, but obviously we have to use digital for our reviews and everything. Because it's so but, um, much easier. Yeah, but I do like physical copies more. It's, it, there's something about owning the comic in your hand. Yeah, I mean, so much of digital media, and you see this with video games as well, it's like, do I really own this when I buy this? Mm, mm-hmm. Because again, like, I pay for the service. You could shut my service off at any point if you wanted. I don't really own it. I just own the idea of ownership. Yeah, yeah, something could happen and my account could get banned or something and I lose all of everything I've just bought. Exactly. And, you know, also with the physical thing, too, it's also like, you know, we're supporting our local brick-and-mortar comic shows, you know, the, the the soul of the comic industry, really. And no one wants to be responsible for those places going out of business, even though you kind of get the feeling with this growing digital world that we're in, they might only have a couple, like a decade or so left in them, if they're lucky. Yeah, that is sad. I always love going to comic book shops when I can because, yeah, it's something about looking through the shelves and everything. And well, you're it, already seeing the change, too. Like, no comic place can just be a comic place anymore. Yeah, it's like comics and whatever, like Board games, trading cards. Or, Magic yeah, the Gathering. Cool. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my local place, Grey Guardian, that's that's what they do. They're all They're all into the magic now. In fact, they're pretty much entirely magic now. And comics are relegated to one little place off to the side. Yeah. Which is depressing, but I mean, that's what they got to do to stay afloat, man. And, you know, the way Marvel was doing it here kind of helped them out. I mean, I I get the feeling that we're going to hear more on this story as things develop. So definitely keep tuned to the podcast. And when we know more, we'll tell you about it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, from the world of comics and comic stores to the world of TV, uh, NBC's Powerless... Uh, you may have heard of this. It's a DC show. It's going to be like a single camera workplace comedy and everything, kind of like The Office, but based in a comic world. Only it's not anymore because apparently they've reworked the whole show now. Yeah, they've reworked it to include references to Bruce Wayne and Batman because that sells. Yes, they're now going. The company in the show is now going to be a subsidiary of Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. <laughs> Which, too, I'm kind of like, you were really going to have a show that didn't have any of these things? You mean you had to rework it now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of telling on what the original show was when we, it was kind of touted out as something like that already. Yeah. Like, it was going to have references to, like, all these different places in the DC universe and everything, but apparently it didn't. Yeah, like, that kind of seems like a no-brainer to me. I mean, I guess it's good they did these things. I hope they don't Gotham it up, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, it, it's 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 not. It's already better than Gotham because it, it's saying itself is a, a comedy, whereas yeah. Gotham was saying, "No, we're a serious drama show." <laughs> but and... <laughs> was one of the most unintentionally hilarious shows ever. Yeah, yeah. So it's already got that above Gotham, but yeah, it still could be kind of cringy though, like Big Bang Theory cringy. Yeah, that's. I mean, I am always super, super apprehensive about network comedies. I cannot tell you the last network comedy that I liked and was actually good. 
Yeah, there's a few out there, but they're they're very few nowadays. Yeah, I mean, usually usually comedy on the networks are you know I mean they're they're open sewers of just you know of of just crap you know just plain vanilla milk toast crap because you got a million paymasters and you know a, for, for that's a discussion for another day. My views on networks and comedy. <laughs> yeah, save it for Kate Kate TV. Yeah, save that one for Kate TV. Absolutely, which you know we will try and be doing another one of those next saturday there's actually a lot of good tv out right now between rebels coming back and sherlock and dragon ball super yep it's cool to see people excited about dragon ball again i didn't even think i'd be excited about dragon ball again and i'm sure all the people with with your crunchy rolls and your streaming services and everything be like man i'm already 70 episodes into that man subtitles (laughs) damn it it was a coming home for me because it was the original it was a bunch of the original voice actors but i digress uh, another cool thing happening at Marvel right now, uh, they dropped some information about this. The next big Captain America event for the year will be called Secret Empire. Ooh, someone's gonna turn evil Nazis or something. Uh, well, he, well, he's already that way. I think this will be the coming to a head of everything. With a name like Secret Empire, you have to assume either Captain mm-hmm. America starts up a secret empire unto himself, or his secret is let out that you know he's been you know trying to take control <clears throat> of Hydra and the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, are we going to start a pool about whether this book gets delayed, or, mm. or, or, or if it goes the way of Civil War Two did? Oh man, that that breaks my heart because I absolutely love what Nick Spencer has been doing right now. I, I think the bigger pool is: will it get canceled? Will it get delayed? Or will they need an extra issue at the end of all of it? <laughs> I I, th- I think because Spencer's going to be doing this himself, and he's only really doing the cap books right now. And again, this is all this is all assumption. I have no idea, but I think you'll be able to get this in on time. Like uh, like standoff. Like standoff was the good Marvel event from last year, and yeah, standoff actually yeah. finished on time when it was supposed to. It did. It that that went like clockwork. It did. It went very quick, and it was you know what? it was short. Was the other thing? It was nice and short. You had two tie-ins to each things that you didn't really have to read the alpha and omega of it that one was actually done on time and good so i hope we'll have something similar here yeah although i have to guess if this is about you know the evil captain america this will probably involve the entire marvel universe it would kind of have to and they even they even tease it a little bit at the end of civil war 2 when we see all those potential futures aka uh, of you know potential event stories they would like to tell one of them is like you know washington under attack and captain america getting beaten up by miles morales yeah so he's probably going to get either beaten up or killed by him like he was meant to in civil war 2 interesting or they might swerve us again cuz you could yeah. tell uh, spencer had a real problem with what bendis was doing and vice versa yeah yep because they kind of tagged each other in their respective works during that event. Where it's like, <laughs> I'm telling a story, but I'm telling a story. <laughs> well, your story undercuts my story. Well, your story undercuts my story. <laughs> uh, I, I am interested in this. I do think the you know Hydra Captain America is one of the more interesting and compelling stories being told at Marvel right now. And it's not just in the Captain America book. It's being told in all the Cap books and Thunderbolt. So I'm interested to see it all coming to a head. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I haven't been reading them, but I've been keeping up with like what's been going on and everything. So I'll probably definitely take a look at this event when it comes around. 
man, I would love to be a fly on the wall for Nick Spencer during the whole election thing, because obviously, you know, Hydra or, you know, Captain America believing himself to be a Hydra sleeper agent was, you know, clearly Nick Spencer doing a commentary on, you know, the far right movement gaining traction in Europe and things in America getting a little bit more fascisty and everything. And so he's like, well, you know, if Captain America represents America itself, we should have him get a little bit more fascisty just to show how sick and wrong the whole thing is. And then to have Trump win, and I wonder if Nick Spencer thought to himself, well, fuck, I was going to be done this for the election. I guess Captain America needs to stay Hydra for the next four years. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's just the new status quo now. And man, you know, I have a newfound respect for the man just for the amount of shit and abuse he takes on social media from people who don't read the comics, but hear about this and get all incensed about it. Yeah, there, there was one recently, wasn't there, where people got um, upset at that uh, that stab he took at the SJWs. Mm, oh, yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing there. I mean, I think that was in the Sam Cap book, which I hadn't read yet. But again, that's him being critical of himself and everything. It's like, you know, people yelled at me and called, yeah, yeah. This, and called me this forever, and now I'm trying to do something a little different. Be like, hey, I could be critical of my own people and everything as well. And people still got mad at him, and he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, you can't win no matter what you do. I'm, I'm going to do another no. fun story about wrestling. <laughs> Which, which that was seriously an issue of Captain America he did with Sam Wilson where they go to a wrestling show and it's just all about all the superheroes who have ever wrestled. Ah, uh-huh, that's cool. Because that's the funny thing about Nick Spencer. When I first really fell in love with him, it was because of Ant-Man and Superior Foes, which were funny, funny, laugh-out-loud books. And to see him do all this high-minded political stuff, it's like, wow, you, you actually do both. Yeah, yeah, he can, he's got a good balance between both of them. He really does, and I hope once this Cap thing is done and everything, I hope he can write another funny book. Even though, that being said, his funny books don't sell nearly as well or last as long as these high-minded political books that he's doing. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, Here's hoping he can do something funny again in the future. And uh, from Captain America to Nick Fury, another thing we got going on at Marvel Comics right now, apparently Nick Fury Jr. will be getting a solo series in the near future cool i guess yeah yeah i know for civil war 2 uh the choosing side things he kind of had like a mini arc in that that definitely felt like they were testing the grounds for like hey would people read a 007 style nick fury book at marvel and i'm like yeah this is interesting enough i don't know if it's interesting enough for me to want to pick it up every week or anything yeah, yeah, spy books, uh, we've got a couple of them going at the moment through Marvel, and yeah. I don't know whether we really need another one. Yeah, it feels like, you know, it feels like there's a lot of books doing what a Nick Fury book would do right now, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not against it or anything, but at the same time, I know I'm not going to be rushing to stands to pick it up or anything. It, it, it feels like Marvel has a hard time doing miniseries, you notice that? Where they're like, yeah, there's going to be a totally new series, and we're going to take it from there. I, I don't know why they're afraid of doing minis. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure. I know, I know, like DC is killing it at the moment with their miniseries. So, yeah, I don't know whether they don't just have the formula down, or they don't know what characters would be suitable right. for a mini. Or yeah, I'm not too sure what their deal is. Yeah, because you know, I, I mean, even like that, the uh, uh, that that Mockingbird book, where they're like, yeah, you know, it's gonna be a mini, and then if it does well, we'll extend it to more issues, and they did. I, I wonder if they're gonna keep doing that, or what's the deal. Even uh, yeah. even even that new Thanos book right now, which is awesome, but I'm thinking to myself after two issues, there's no way this can be more than a mini. There's no way this can be more than a volume. 
you've already mm-hmm. straight up said that the main character is dying. How do you get out of this one? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it can't be anything more than just a mini, unless it, unless they they're headlining into like a new uh, event or something. Right, right. It definitely it definitely feels a little bit strange. But okay, so there you go, Nick Fury book. If you're a fan of that, if you like choosing sides, you can read about Nick Fury here. Uh, now back onto the movie side of things. That that was all the new stuff from this week. I'm going back now to a couple weeks ago when we were off. Uh, I'm sure you saw this getting touted around there, Matt. But apparently. The new Batman movie, tentatively called The Batman. Uh, yeah. We all basically jumped to the conclusion that Ben Affleck was directing, because why not? Only for Ben Affleck to come out in the media and be like, ah, you know, we don't know who's directing yet. Yeah, and uh, he said, if the script's good, I'll direct. If not, maybe not. And to that, I say, like, well, you're writing the script, so... Here's hoping it is good. <laughs> This uh, th- this to me feels like a perfect example of what's called negotiating in the media, and that is like, no, there isn't anything inked yet, but I do want to do it, but I want them to meet my price for it and give me the control I want, so I'm going to create in the media this feeling of, well, maybe it won't happen the way you want it to, maybe you should, you know, cave to my demands. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and also, Jeff Johns is supposed to be working on the film as well, and we haven't heard anything from him no. he's busy writing he's busy writing comics so that sort of shows like how much like sway he has in the movie side of things like not really a lot yeah which it's to think there that it's even in question that affleck wouldn't direct i assume that's the big reason that you went ahead with a batman movie so he could star and direct and do everything right because he was like the one thing that yeah. people genuinely seem to enjoy from batman v superman yeah, yeah. So maybe like DC, after like the reaction of like Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman, are like kind of getting a bit cold feet or something mm. in certain things, and like, oh, we can't really take any of these risks anymore or anything. If uh, if I had to guess, I'm gonna say it's a time thing, is what it is. Where DC and Warner mm-hmm. Brothers is like, we need a Batman movie done to be released on this date because that's the date we want to make a billion dollars it's the date that we've told all our creditors we're going to make a billion dollars <laughs> on look Affleck we don't care if you're an artiste if you have a vision or anything you need to get a movie done and under budget and get it out on this day yeah there's also the fact that his last two movies have actually flopped at the box office yeah even and, though they were, and really were actually good. critically savaged they were critically savaged as well really where was it i liked argo didn't argo do good no no the last two movies he he's just made the accountant and oh. whatever that gangster movie they they're getting savage oh yeah yeah the accountant didn't do good and yeah the gangster movie he did also didn't do good shit well, well, he didn't write and direct those, though. He was, he was just in. He, 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 he directed the second one. Oh, did he? Re- what was the second one? Now I want to know. The uh, uh, live, live by night or something. The gangster one. Oh, I never saw that one. Really? I, I think it's just coming out now. Right. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, he might be in a weird position now too, where they're like, "Well, your last two movies didn't do good, so maybe we shouldn't listen to you then." <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's been a long time since Argo and Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> and, uh, oh, what was that other good one he was in? Uh, Prisoners. No, he wasn't in Prisoners. No, what, who am I thinking of? What was the other one he did that was good? The one where, uh, oh, Gone Girl. Yeah, Gone Girl was good. Gone Girl, yeah, Gone Girl was really good. That movie was fucked up. I like <laughs> Gone Girl. They, sh- they should do Batman and make a like Gone Girl. 
is what they should do. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> where where Batman just has to defend himself in the media and everything <laughs> for people saying it's like, no nah, man, he to- he totally killed those people. <laughs> That's what they should do. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Live by night. Oh yeah, yeah, co-produced, starring, yeah, Ben Affleck. I'll be damned. Yeah, and it, apparently it's not very good. Yes. Even though, like beforehand, I think I think it was a WB film as well. They were like saying it's going to win so many awards and all this sort of stuff. It's his new new big film and everything, and it's not doing very well. No, that's unfortunate. I want Ben Affleck to do good because he had such like a career resurgence there for a little bit, and he kind of like you know re remade himself as a writer director after getting you know the shit kicked out of him as an actor for so many movies in a row. Mm-hmm. He like took his career into his own hands. Is like, no, I'm gonna do it my way. Is what I'm gonna do. And now to yeah. see him kind of be trapped in a studio system, it's like, oh man. Yeah, it's kind of sucks. Yeah, come on, man. You can do better. Yeah, you can do better, man. Uh, moving on from there to ironically things that can also do better. Uh, there's a new Spider-Man cartoon coming down the pipeline. It's gonna feature Miles and Spider Gwen as well as Peter. That's not that ultimate Spider-Man or whatever the fuck's going on. It's the follow-up to that now. I mean, I say new Spider-Man cartoon, but that's really misleading because the last five have all been made by the same people in a very similar style, and I'm pretty sure Drake Bell is coming back to do the voice of Spider-Man again, so there's really nothing new about this. Okay, I don't watch any of those shows. No, neither do I, because we're not six, that's why. (laughs) And now, if you like those shows, that's fine, according to some people, uh... Ultimate Spider-Man actually got better once they dumped a bunch of the chibi nonsense. Apparently it got a little bit more bearable. Yeah. So that's that's good, at least, if nothing else. I mean, it's cool to see Miles get a more prominent role. It's cool to see Spider-Gwen make the jump to animation, even though I get the feeling if you're a newcomer, Spider-Gwen is going to confuse the shit out of you. Oh, yeah, it's going to get really confusing, especially I, for six-year-olds. Yeah, I want to watch the first episode just to see them friggin' explain that shit. It's like, okay, so why is Gwen Stacy a hero now and alive? <laughs> how, how are they going to touch on that and be like, oh, you see, there's an alternate universe and everything with the spider actually bit her. And her world is actually really cool. And I wonder if we'll see anything from her world in this show. Yeah, probably not. No, probably not. Uh Moving on from there to, again, a subject of things we'll see and things we won't see. You may remember this, Matt. It happened around Christmas. Uh, El Scupo Magnifico, uh, El Mayimba, came out and said, you know, yeah, Deadpool's totally going to be in the Logan movie. And every site which was starved for news around this time, because it was the holiday season, ran with the story, only for him to come out and be like, sorry, bros, I was, I was kidding, bro. And everyone was really mad at him. Yeah, and it also didn't like didn't like Hugh Jackman and all that come out and say, yeah, no, that's not that's not happening. Even like the director James Mangold said so. He he got to borrow a wrestling term, he got absolutely no sold El Mayimba. <laughs> it uh, it really held up a candle to me to like you know back when you and I started online, Matt. You know, scoop culture was at like its height. You know, oh, you know, gotta get the big scoop on these superhero movies. You know, it can make or break you if you get the right scoop. And, you know, there were guys like, you know, like El Mayimba, who was, you know, at the forefront of that. Now we live in a day and age where everything gets leaked so often anyway, and people just make up stuff all the time. It's like scoops aren't nearly as important or as cool as they used to be. 
Yeah, he's, he's kind of out of a job since anyone with a Twitter account can do it. And a phone camera, that's the thing. The biggest leaks have not come from people being like, oh, well, my inside sources have told me. No, it's come from some jag-off with a drone or a cell phone camera. <laughs> yeah, he just happened to wander by, like, some movie in production, just like, hey, neat, I'm going to take a picture of that. Yeah, I mean, talk about becoming obsolete in a really short amount of time. Yeah, it was, it was literally, like, over two years, maybe. Yep. Remember salmon fishing? Remember Batman and Superman salmon fishing? Oh, we had good laughs about that one. Ah, uh, uh, the memories. That was great. Yeah, he's uh, gonna he's gonna fly down. And they're gonna be salmon fishing. I know it from my inside source. My source, very close to the production and my butthole. <laughs> yep. Sources well, close to my asshole where I pulled it out have told me. Or that one where every Marvel movie since Iron Man three was gonna tease planet hulk <laughs> oh yeah that was one of his favorite i remember didn't he do a big thing because like he was a big fan of like dropping in 15 minutes hey if i get you know 30 likes yeah. i'll drop this in the next 15 minutes he was a big fan yeah. of that i think the 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 original video for that he did it like out the front of marvel hq with a he bare did. pair of hulk hands on or something he did he's like it's happening planet hulk it's happening <laughs> <laughs> and because a broken clock is right twice a day eventually he would be right about planet hulk but not in a movie called planet hulk just you know thor taking aspects of planet hulk yeah and he ran with it and saying that he was right all along and of you know of course he did Man, you know, if I didn't have all this integrity that I'm saddled with, I would love <laughs> to just, you know, make up a bunch of crazy bullshit and have people believe me. Oh, God. I used to do that. Man. I, I made people believe Civil War was happening before Civil War that's, actually happened. That's right. You had our entire Facebook group going nuts back when they tricked everyone and said, ha, 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 it's, you know, Captain America Serpent Society, only for you to come up with a fake Civil War. And little did you know, real Civil War actually happened. Yeah. Again, that's that's something that's been quite consistent during us. You know, we've got that. We've got you know the Dominators in in the DC shows, and what's next? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, we've had better luck making up shit on this show in the last little bit, and we we didn't even bother trying to scoop it or anything. It's just crazy bullshit we said back and forth to each other and ended up being correct. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it just happened to be right. <laughs> yeah, we didn't see any significant uh, surge in numbers just because we said things that ended up being right. <laughs> Man, we really should have jumped on that, shouldn't we? <laughs> We'd be seeing yeah. fucking Nostradamuses. As you said, we have integrity, so yeah, or something resembling it. I'm not gonna <laughs> say I, I'm not gonna say I have integrity because usually people with integrity are the people who get found with like dead hookers and stuff. <laughs> the, the the real trick in life is to live with no shame and no integrity. That way, you can never be wrong. So it's all good. Yeah, this a tweet about your dead hookers. <laughs> okay, so dropping in fifteen minutes. If I get enough likes, I'll drop a scoop about these dead hookers. <laughs> Who wants to see that dropping in fifteen minutes? <laughs> now scoops have gone away, but the same sort of ideology I think has gone to uh, to what you call it to like. Uh, uh, to like drama like drama twitter like that's the drama twitter and drama youtube that's replaced the scoop culture but they use a lot of the same tactics yeah that and like um uh reaction videos that sort of thing mm. you won't believe what i heard about this person you won't believe how i react to this dropping in 15 minutes yep 
coming down the pipeline, dropping now. So yeah, the the Deadpool and Logan thing, which is how we started this whole conversation, turned out not to be true, but it was one of those lies that was just believable enough. Yeah, it was just just in. The the irony being is that I honestly don't doubt that they might put Deadpool in there, maybe even if it's just for like a post credit thing. Oh yeah, especially now that he's like successful and everything, and and uh, Logan appears to maybe be the last Wolverine movie, so we're gonna move from Wolverine being the center of everything to Deadpool being the center of everything. It's a passing of the torch moment, a passing of the adamantium to him. It's kind of adorable. Yeah, I can't wait till they like redo like like a Days of Futures Past escort storyline, and Deadpool is the one who has to save everyone. <laughs> yeah. And that movie would probably make a billion dollars, so... Yeah, yeah, it will. <laughs> what's what's going on tonight? It's the Golden Globes, right? I remember people were really bummed because Deadpool was actually up for best comedy, and it, and it ended up losing to La La Land in comedy or musical, so that's unfortunate. It had a yeah. chance, but they showed a picture of Ryan Reynolds, and he looked kind of bummed, like, damn it, I thought we had that one. <laughs> and then Ryan Gosling made fun of him. Aw, hey, Ryan. Oh, no, no, not, not fun of him, but, like, like took the mickey out of him a little bit <laughs> i am big i am good ryan in this game of ryan highlander i will <laughs> defeat you there can be only one hot ryan <laughs> i like gosling too he's he's good and stuff yeah hard to believe he started as like young hercules and shit that was like one of his first roles on tv that's right he's, he was good in that show too i mean he's just been a solid actor for a lot of his career go go gosling you're you're all right by us here on the comic multiverse. Uh, you know what else will probably be okay by us here on the comic multiverse? This one also happened around the holiday times there. Uh, Jeff Johns was talking on his Twitter about everything he was thankful for in the year that was and everything he's excited about coming in the future. And one of the tweets that he put out there was a picture of Dr. Manhattan, which leads led many people to believe, is he going to be writing a new Watchmen book or will we be seeing just more Watchmen-related action in the DC Comics as they stand right now? Oh, probably more action within Rebirth, since that's sort of the big storyline going on at the moment, and they've been they've been hinting at sort of stuff through like Titans and Superman and everything even about Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, about Doctor Manhattan. So, I think it's safe to say it's probably going to be either DC Rebirth Special Issue Two oh, or something. That be some shit. Yeah, I, I imagine. Like, I would not mind if they actually did that. Like. So it literally makes all of, like, the first year of Rebirth one big event, more or less. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sequels are a hard thing to pull off, and the first one was so good. Uh, DC Universe 1 was, like, on everyone's uh, top 10 of 2016 list. You, you really want to roll them bones? Well, like, I, I think they should they could do it if they set it out how they set out the first one, how it was just a collection of smaller stories that sort of set up the coming year of mm. DC Rebirth and just use it as sort of kind of a preview of yeah. what's to come, but also can also further the story along. Like a, like a coming attractions, like this time instead yeah. of seeing Wally run through the universe, you see Dr. Manhattan go through the universe and look in on everybody. Yeah, yeah, in very much the same fashion as Wally did. I mean, hell, some of those stories that we got in DC Universe number one haven't even been completed yet. We haven't seen the new JSA. We haven't mm -hmm. seen Jackson Hyde, the Aqualad that everyone likes because he's inspired by the Young Justice one. We haven't seen anything with the Legion of Superheroes, although she did show up for a short cameo in uh, in Batman. 
So, like, there's a couple stories still hanging there that they haven't gone back to. Yeah, well, I, I know the Aqualad one is actually coming up in an issue of Titans very soon. Oh, nice. Um, I think it's in, within the next two issues or so. Cool, cool. But, um, yeah, there, there's still some threads there that need to pay off. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I mean, the way you pitch it, Matt, I wouldn't be against a DC Universe uh, Rebirth number two if that's the way they were going to play with it. Yeah, well, it kind of makes sense as well. You know, if people only want to read those books, they can. And and it gives them options as well in there. So like, oh, well, I only want to follow, you know, the the story of the Atom. So I'll just go pick up the books that have the Atom in it. And, you know, it, it doesn't require you to pick everything up. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> Dr. Manhattan has been all over the comics in the last little bit. They actually say the word Manhattan in Teen Titans or in Titans. Yeah. And it's funny, that's yeah. a great double meaning because people are like, oh, well, Manhattan used to be where Teen or where Titan's Tower was. Yeah, and it also yep. probably means Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, I had people say that on my review of it as well. Then you had the Detective Comics thing where you get more kind of slight references there. And even in this new Justice League versus Suicide Squad, which I guess we can talk about now as we kind of veer into what we read this week, you have the villains there who are well aware, quite a few of them, of the missing 10 years that things have been tampered with because they're extra-dimensional beings. Yeah, so far it's only really been villains who have figured that out, with the exception of Wally West, who who thinks there's something going on. But um, yeah, so far it's only really been villains who've sort of figured out there's been 10 years missing. Yeah, it is interesting that they're the only ones who seem to know. And of course, the people Wally told, because he told Batman and told Flash, but they're all keeping it hush-hush. Yeah, yeah. Actually, supposedly there's a cool story coming up really soon where Wally is actually going to come face-to-face and meet Superman. Yeah, yeah, in um, the issue of Titans that comes out this coming week, I think. You figure that's got to be a, I don't know. You figure that's got to be a huge meeting because Superman will recognize Wally because he's the Wally from yeah. this world. Yeah, that's going to be really cool. That will be. I wonder if he touches Superman, will Superman suddenly remember or did Superman never forget? Yeah, well, um, well remember, Superman's got that, that weird blue Superman power sort of thing. So maybe something like that might happen, like what happened with um, uh, Swamp Thing. Mm, definitely. Uh, i got to say, by and large, I've actually been quite impressed with Justice League versus Suicide Squad, and I didn't think yeah. I was going to be... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same. Because with a name like Justice League versus Suicide Squad, you're like, oh, it's going to be another big, dumb, you know, punch em up series. And yet it actually ended up being much smarter and much more subtle than I thought it had any right to be. They they pulled a fast one on us because they're not fighting the new Justice League. They're fighting the original Justice, uh, the original Suicide Squad. Yeah. So, hey, you're kind of getting it, but just a little bit different. Yeah. And fucking Maxwell Lord. Yeah, Maxwell Lord, who has gotten his mind manipulation powers back out of nowhere because he didn't have them in Grayson, but now he has them again. Yeah, I reckon that's probably something to do with Dr. Manhattan. Wouldn't that be something? Because, again, he seems to know what's going on too, Lord, because Lord's like, we got to save the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lord definitely knows something's happening. And uh, I, I was kind of wondering, like, maybe this isn't the Lord from... The new 52, maybe this is the Lord from the pre-Flashpoint, because the last time we saw him, he actually disappeared during uh, Brightest Day. Like, he just disappeared in a flashlight. Interesting. Very interesting. Maybe, maybe it could be him. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. What a, what a great moment. And again, I take my hat off to Joshua Williamson for this one. 
where Superman sees that Maxwell Lord is involved and he instantly gets all angry and freaked out because he remembers the Maxwell Lord from his yeah. universe, even though the Justice League has had no real dealings with him. So they're like, Maxwell Lord, who the fuck is that? Yeah, and he's like, no, we have to worry about this guy. He's very dangerous. <laughs> he is bad news. And like, what? He's just a guy. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if Superman's like, look, Diana, how's your arm feeling? Good, good. You might need to break some necks later. Just saying. <laughs> the only way we could defeat him the last time. <laughs> oh, man, wouldn't it be so fucked up if they did that again? <laughs> oh, God. Diana would be like, why does this keep happening? Why do I keep doing this? Uh, she's going through enough already. <laughs> oh, I know, right? With forgetting her past and, you know, everything might have been a lie and everything. Yeah, they need, they, <laughs> she needs some good times is what she needs. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Justice League versus Suicide Squad, shockingly satisfying with a lot of the stuff it does. I mean, it's funny, and I've mentioned this elsewhere, Williams doesn't write Justice League, doesn't write Suicide Squad, and yet he's written probably my favorite DC Rebirth Justice League story right now. <laughs> And, and I think that's why he's writing it so well, because he hasn't written either teams before, so he can bring new things to the table. I guess so. At this point, I'm like, hey, Josh, you're doing really good on this book. Can, uh, what is it? Can the guy writing Justice League now take a, take a hike, and can you come in, please? <laughs> yes, please. Because <laughs> I really, really like you. Can you get in on this one? Fuck, can you write the squad, too, while you're at it, as well as writing Flash? <laughs> Oh, God, yes, please. <laughs> it's it's so funny, uh, too, because obviously he writes Flash, but because Captain Boomerang has been all tied up in Suicide Squad, he hasn't actually gotten to write him as a member of the Rogues or even write any interaction between Flash and Boomerang. He does in mm -hmm. this book, and it's continually one of the best things that they do. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, little Boomerang's little parts in this book, especially like when, when Superman realizes it's, it's Maxwell Lord and Boomerang's like, ah, he's just some bloke gets right in his freaking face with his heat vision yeah. flaring all over the place. E even, like, the savage-ass jokes that, like, Flash throws uh, Boomerang's way, where it's like, you were always the weak link in uh, the rogues digger. Everyone knew it. They're better off without you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ouch, I feel bad for him. That hurts. Or him celebrating and be like, haha, Flash, you're trapped in a cage. You can't do anything. Then he touches the bars and electrocutes himself. Yeah, I like I like that. It was so good. He just can't win. But yeah, that that's a really fun one. The big reveal this issue is that Maxwell Lord's team of villains uh, were Amanda Waller's first Suicide Squad. Yeah, and it's a pretty good team. I don't know why she kind of gave them up because they're they're OP as hell. <laughs> well, I think that's the problem. They were too powerful to control. Yeah, well, well, they had. Would she have put in like explosives in their head or have something to? stop them i would imagine so yeah maybe she had a different approach it's funny as like a longtime suicide squad fan I'm like mm, well you can't really call these guys the first because the first suicide squad was that world war ii team of which uh rick flag is descended from i wonder if we're going to hear any more about them in this or if waller just says no no, no this was the first suicide squad that i assembled yeah, only I am an important. Yeah, that's the way I'm reading it. I'm like, well, technically, Amanda, there were Suicide Squads before you, but okay, whatever. We'll we'll go with your version of events. <laughs> uh, what else did you have this week, Matt, that you were really into? Uh, I had Superman issue 14. Yo! It's Red Sun Superman. F Come um, on. Amongst others. Yeah, I actually, put, I actually put a list together of like all the Superman that appeared at the end of this book. That was a sick um, list. I had people asking to see that list. It's like, wait, Matt wrote a list of all of them? Where is it? I'm like, on his Twitter, go check it. 
yeah, it, it it's a it's a big list of people. I don't know whether we will actually see half of them or not. I think they'll just stay in those in those glass cages. But it was a pretty cool storyline. I'm interested to find out what the list is and who's controlling these creatures. Even more interesting about the list, the Superman that we're following, he's not on it. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, and even interestingly enough, it actually kind of confirms my little theory that the Superman that's on the current Prime Earth at the moment is actually Superman Blue or a version of him because Red Sun Superman is drawn to him because he saw blue energy and felt hope, which is something the blue Superman used to give off. Right, yeah, you've been you've been playing with this theory for a bit, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I have a theory that, that both the new 52 Superman and... The current Superman are both Superman Red and Superman Blue, respectively. Man, wouldn't that be some shit? Because supposedly we got a big new Superman event coming this year where we'll eventually you know, learn the identity of Mr. Oz and they also seem to be implying New 52 Superman will be coming back. Wouldn't it be some shit if you're right, he's blue, New 52 Superman is red, and at the end of that story they fuse together into like proper Superman? I, I, I can definitely see that happening. To be like, Absolutely. Hey, to be like, hey, everyone, here's your cake and eat it too. We didn't throw away New Fifty Superman, but we're respecting the legacy of older Superman. Now they are one Superman. It's got me. It's got me guessing as well because technically, New Fifty Two Superman is still alive because Keenan Kong, who is a big part of this storyline as yes. well, he he has the New Fifty Two Superman's life force in him, and is actually uh, that's how he uses his powers. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, also cool about this issue, Justice League Incarnate, the multiversity guys actually getting used in something else. Yeah, they came back. I'm so I'm so glad I actually read Multiversity as well, so now I know me who they all are. Me too. It's actually paying off. It's funny. I remember Grant Morrison when he wrote Multiversity. He said, yeah, I'm just going to create these characters and anyone who wants to use them after me can just do so, but no one wanted to until Tomasi right now. Yeah, I, I, and that that says something about Tomasi as well. He like remembered them and was like, "Hey, let's use Justice Incarnate for this storyline. Yeah, It'll he, be awesome." He uses every piece of the story, which I like. I dug about this one too, and I mentioned this in my review. This is such a quintessentially old Superman type of story, and it's one yeah. you'd really only have with him because he's a dimension hopper himself. He's dealt with so many different Earths and everything. He is assumedly the Superman from the end of that Grant Morrison story when most of these Supermans that we've seen showed up. Mm-hmm, yep. So it's cool to see him running around in this, and also them toying with the idea that he'll meet the new Chinese Superman for the first time by the end of this. Yeah, that, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, because that adds a bunch of new moral quandaries if he finds out, oh, there's like a Chinese Superman and he has the soul of the other guy inside him. Oh boy, what do I do now? Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe he'll be his mentor or something, because that, that Superman doesn't really have anything as a mentor anymore since his dad died yeah be like look i already kind of have a kid but i guess i'll mentor you on the side don't don't tell john about it yeah <laughs> that'd be funny <laughs> also hey where's supergirl at these days ah eh, never mind i'm sure she's fine uh, she's dealing with cyborg superman over in national city eh, she's got a tv show she's fine she's good <laughs> uh some other stuff that came out this week batman number 14 uh how have you been feeling about batman matt i've been bumming on the last couple issues I have as well, but this one was a, a really refreshing, non-complex take. <laughs> See, I wasn't refreshed by this one. I thought this one was actually also a little annoying 
in the way really? that yeah, Tom King's like, hey, this is this is my ship, everyone. This is what I love. Let's watch Batman <laughs> and Catwoman fuck on the rooftop again. Maybe maybe that's like why I liked it because it was just so simple. Uh, besides, next to like the uh, the Bane arc, which was just so overly complex for no reason because it ended up with a super simple ending. Yeah, yeah. It, this was just simple. Just Catwoman, Batman fighting crime, beating up Condobit King and Kite Man and, and King Snake and the Mad Monk yeah. and about a dozen other D-listers. Yeah, yeah. I like that Kite Man is now like a running joke in these books. Oh my god. Okay. He sh- shows up every now and then. I will okay, I will complain about the last couple issues, but Kite Man is perfect. Kite Man is genius. I love that he only says his name, Kite Man, followed by Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be like kind of fucked up? It's like, oh no, this is going to pay off in Rebirth. This, this is like how Doctor Manhattan comes into our world oh, as fuck. Kite Man. Oh fuck! And Kite. just <laughs> Kite Man was actually Ozzy Mandeus all along, <laughs> in disguise. He's been working a long con. He had to make everyone think he was an absolute idiot while he worked at shit behind the scenes. <laughs> that that would be fucking weird, but fucking awesome too. Kite Man, hell yeah. <laughs> also his new costume is great too the new kite man costume if there was ever a d-list villain i'd want to cosplay as i want to be kite man <laughs> yeah it'd be even better if like that that's the thing like his, his costumes start progressively getting a bit better until he he actually makes a costume where he can stand toe-to-toe with batman and batman's yeah, well, kind of like kind of surprised at it as well kite man's war suit with weaponized kites of great destruction <laughs> <laughs> the thing that annoyed me about this book is that Batman's kind of a dumbass in this issue and I mean I guess he's technically always kind of a dumbass around Catwoman but he's like you know oh I gotta take you to jail because you killed all those people but maybe you didn't I th- I'm gonna look into this even though in the previous issues we read in Catwoman's very own words that she killed all those people so it's all kind of yeah. a good point Hey, he's thinking with his dick. He really was in this issue. It's like, look, I gotta take you to jail, but maybe, maybe we can bone a little bit, just, just a little bit. <laughs> just, let, just, just let me stick my bat tip into your cave. <laughs> it's all about caves with me. <laughs> Another bit. I don't know if you caught this. If you're not as big a Catwoman fan as me, the bit about Holly Robinson. Where it's like, oh, we're gonna go rob Holly Robinson. Oh no, wait, that's just one of my aliases. Holly Robinson was like Catwoman's like apprentice and even took over as Catwoman for a little bit in the old uh, continuity. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm like, really? So she's not a character now? That kind of flies in the face of Rebirth, but it's like, hey, all the characters you liked in the legacy, it's all here. Well, except for Holly Robinson, though. She didn't exist. Oh, well, she might be. Maybe she's dead at this point and Selena's just using her name or something. <laughs> Maybe she's dead and Catwoman adds identity theft to her list of offenses. <laughs> Hey, well, when do you kill, kill almost 300 people? You know, what's a little identity theft? How weird is that that they keep saying the number over and over again of people that she killed? I'm like, why do you keep saying the number? And it's such, like, a weird number, like they rounded up to it or they bartered for that number. Yeah, yeah, it's like, no, no, she she killed 300 people. 300 people is like that. It's that sweet spot between, like, not genocide, but almost. still kind of bad. <laughs> 238.5 what, 0.5 did you did you only kill half a person or was he half dead when you killed him hey, it was a dwarf <laughs> he was half a person already when I killed him <laughs> damn Selena you a bitch <laughs> why you gotta be that way why you gotta be heightest <laughs> on top of being a kleptomaniac 
this is also like a two issue breather, so I don't expect a hell of a lot for this. I mean, obviously, I'm going to keep reading it because it's Batman, but I think I think Tom King has kind of showed his hand. I don't think he loves Batman as much as other people do. No, I, I, I and I also don't feel like he was kind of ready for Batman as well. No, uh, I think he, he was taken off Grayson or like those minor characters a little bit too soon. Yeah, I think he's stealthily and subtly taking the piss out of Batman, honestly, in every arc. Because the first one's all about like, oh, you got to be crazy to be a hero in Gotham, and Batman's crazy, which is fine because you know I, I agree, Batman is crazy. And then like yep. in the whole Bane arc there. It's like, you know, uh, oh, B- Batman, you know, th- this is his suicide attempt. Batman is the way he chooses to die and kill himself. And I'm like, I disagree, Tom King. I think Batman is how Bruce Wayne chooses to live, not how he chooses to die. I think that's a very dour take you have on this story, sir. Yeah, yeah. And then in this story, it's like, yeah, Batman's wholly responsible about around Catwoman and thinks with his penis. And I'm just like, Jesus. <laughs> Like, I'm fine making Batman more human and more realistic, but it's not like there's even a twist on He's just like, yeah, Batman sucks. Well, they make him more human and realistic in, like, detective comics. Much James, better. James, James Tynan does a fantastic job over on that book. That book kicks ass. Batman apologized in the last issue. Yeah, he felt sorry. <laughs> yeah, he apologized, said he was wrong, and even let one of his sidekicks go and being like, no, let her go, make her own choice. I'm not going to try and control her anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he, he grows a lot as a person in that book. It's it's funny, the Detective Comics Batman and the Batman comic Batman are kind of at odds with each other now. Yeah. Turns out there was actually three Batmans all along. <laughs> with three Jokers. Uh, so, uh, I guess, uh, what else did you have going on, Matt, that you wanted to talk about? Um, what else did I have? To, oh, uh, did you get a chance to read the, the JLA Atom Rebirth issue? No, but I wanted to, though. That came out in the Captain Atom book came out. How was, uh, how was Adam? How was Ryan Choi? Adam was actually really good. It picks up pretty much where his little tie in, in the DC special is. Fucking excellent. Uh, with him sort of becoming the Adam to help Ray get out of the microverse. And we, it, it's not really action orientated. It's more about, how did Ryan get to that position? Like it shows him coming to school and being taught by Ray and racing something in him. So he turns him into his protege and he sort of becomes the atoms Oracle for a little bit. Nice. And these are of course this and the Vixen one and the Ray one and the killer frost one are all to get us all primed and ready for the eventual justice league of America book that's coming out. So it's a smart idea to get these little getting to know you issues. Yeah, just so like when, once the actual book comes out, we don't have to spend you know three issues at the beginning finding out all about these characters that we already know about them. It's a good idea, and, and it also tests the waters for characters that people might like. And if you know a single issue sells really good, maybe that character might get a book. Yeah, definitely. I could, I could I'd read an Atom book. I think it'd be really cool. Uh, Gail Simone had a Ryan Choi Atom book for a little bit, actually. Yeah, yeah, she did. It was it was fun. It was interesting. She always said she'd like to write the character again if given the chance. Cool. And shit, Gail Simone hasn't written anything in DC for such a long time. Shit, give her a chance. Let her let her Greg Rucka it. Let her come back to the character that she kind of gave a shit about. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That would be fun. I think that book would actually do really well. I think that one could be a little sleeper hit. Mm. Uh, actually, the uh, the Secret Six was actually featured quite prominently in that Love is Love book that came out from uh, DC and IDW and Boom and all those other places. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah, I really wanted to do a review of Love is Love, but A, it was super, super long. There's like a, yeah, it was, there's, yeah. There's like a bunch of stories in there. Two, it came out during the holidays when I was already swamped with work. And also, you know, it's just like, man, there's a lot to cover in this. And I don't want to do a crappy version of this comic because it's a benefit comic to, you know, support the people who were hurt during the, you know, Pulse nightclub shooting and everything in Orlando. So I didn't want to do a bad version of an important comic. Yeah, it's definitely hard to do something like that for that type of comic because yeah you don't want to piss off anyone yeah you want to do it justice and everything because it is such an important cause i did skim through it though uh southern bastards had a bit in love is love which made me laugh oh wow yeah they follow two gay football players the night of the big watumpkin county meet uh football game i'm like holy shit that's cool way to go jason aaron way to do that uh, That's awesome. Yeah, the Secret Six had one. Uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of interesting ones who had stories in there. Uh, Freaking Deathstroke had a story in Love Is Love. Oh, really? Yeah, actually, his was kind of interesting. He's watching the news and he sees the report of the shooting and everything. And of course, anyone who knows comics knows Deathstroke's son Jericho is gay, and in fact, they've confirmed it as much. Well, technically bisexual, but whatever. He he has a son who he sees in the people who got shot there. And he actually gets rid of, like, all of his AR-15s. Oh, okay. And he's like, just swords from here on out. And I'm like, ah, you know, he, he did that in a crime of passion, but you know Deathstroke's bringing his guns back next week. <laughs> oh, yeah, issue 10 this week, he's going to see him, like, blowing away a bunch of people. <laughs> he's like, that's really nice, uh, Slade, that you had, like, a human moment there where you felt bad for your son and people more than yourself. But you're also a psychopath, though, and you're going to get your guns back to him. He's going to be like, why did I throw these away again? Yeah, these cost me money. <laughs> Jesus Christ, why did I do that? Silly me. <laughs> it's even funnier, too, because if you read the Deathstroke book, he's extra abusive to all of his kids right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but but Love is Love was good, everybody, in, ca- in case you didn't get a chance to read it. I know that's technically from a couple weeks ago. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had The Fallen Rise of Captain Adam, issue one. Another one I wanted to read because this was Wiseman. I skimmed through it and I noticed this one actually takes place earlier in the DC universe because we get New 52 Superman in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it basically just tells us what happened to Captain Adam. Why did he kind of disappear from the DC universe at he fucking did. large? Yeah, yeah, he he had like his twelve issue miniseries and then just up and disappeared. Fucking. <laughs> uh, but we we find out that he's actually sick, and that's kind of bad for Nathaniel since when he gets sick, it usually causes a nuclear meltdown. <laughs> um, and we find out that he's losing control of his powers, and the Justice League get involved when they um, respond to a cruise ship that he helped save, and they try to get him back to the Continuum, which is the uh, science lab that he's part of and they have to help him get there without killing anyone and he gets there and he actually blows up and everyone thinks he's dead but he actually gets taken back to 1994 oh, I think wow. so it's a time like travel he, story yeah yeah um in Kansas so I guess he's stuck in the past I guess I think it's so cool that DC is giving all of these miniseries to, like, you know, Dead Man and Hawkman and Adam Strange and now Captain Adam. Yeah, yeah, they've been killing it with these miniseries. They're all, all six issues, and they've absolutely been amazing. It's it's a good strategy. You know what? Not everyone deserves an ongoing, but we do like these characters, and you can do fun little minis with them. 
Yeah, and, and sometimes it pays off because obviously we had the Midnighter series and then it followed up with the Midnight and Apollo series. And mm-hmm. if people really like that, they might see more of those characters. Yeah, keep keep doing miniseries. That's how other companies do it. I also want to keep a close eye on that Captain Adam book, and I'm sure you do for the same reasons, because Dr. Manhattan, who we keep mentioning, is based on the Charleston hero, Captain Adam. Yep, yep. And, my and he's... And- and Captain Adam is an insanely powerful character in the he, DC universe. He is. They they almost never seem to use him to that level. But yeah, he is potentially as powerful as Doctor Manhattan, or he could get there one day with training. I'm paying attention to the book because I was toying around with the theory forever. Where it's like, yeah, you know, Captain Adam totally disappeared from DC Comics. Wouldn't it be fucking amazing if Doctor Manhattan came down and said, you know what, you're too similar to me, go away, and he banished him to another universe. That could definitely be like what happened, like sends him back in time, basically away from the 10 years he's taken. Yeah, away from, yeah, what, 94. Huh. Yeah. Wow, man, I, we might have done it again, man. I think we might be on to something. <laughs> shit. I'll let you know when the series finishes. I don't, I don't know how long this, I think this is a six issue series. I'm not too sure. Five or six, I know that much. Yeah. Uh, you know what comic was actually... <clears throat> excuse me, super surprising this week that came out. I'm guessing you didn't read it. USA Avengers, number one. Oh, I read it. Oh, did you? Okay, what did you think of it? I, I've gushed about this one already. How, how did you like it? I really enjoyed it. What a shock, right? I was not expecting for this one to blow me away because you see the cover and you're like, oh, they're doing like a Team America G.I. Joe riff. You know, it's going to be like America, fuck yeah. Then you read it. It's super, like, earnest and super honest and a super heartfelt portrait of, like, what it means to be an American in 2017. And I'm like, wow, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, it was, it was really great. And, and the, the makeup of the team is really interesting as well. I love yeah. Tony Ho as the new Iron Patriot. I love that her suit is a little different. I love that she's the daughter of Yin Sid, and I love that she's taken up this whole no-kill policy. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I, I like that she seems to be the creator of this Iron Patriot armor. I don't know whether they're, they're sort of retconning it to that show that she created Iron Patriot or, or the, like the brand Iron Patriot. But um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And yeah, the armor looks a bit Starkish, but yeah. Built, built it in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> <laughs> We got not General Ross Red Hulk for the longest time. I'm like, oh, cool, Thunderbolt Ross is on this team. It's not, though. It's General Maverick, who was part of the American Kaiju story. Was it? What, yeah, I thought it might have been that guy, because I don't I don't read any of the, the Hulk storylines or anything, so I thought maybe this character was someone who'd been in Hulk before. Nope, brand new. Yeah, yeah, so that's cool that he's brand new. Yeah, but yeah, I thought it was General Ross as well, and then it's just some other guy who has a Hulk plug-in. Yeah, I love that. You know, he has Hulk power, but only for an hour every day. Yeah, and it's kind of like a half Hulk power as well, because he still retains his intelligence. Yeah, and it also doesn't fly in the face of what they were writing in the Hulk book, and that is that Doc Green went around and depowered all of the Gamma people except for She-Hulk and himself, so there you go. Yeah. It's a way to have a Hulk without really having a Hulk, which I think is smart. Yeah, it's definitely great. Uh, you know, they do a lot of interesting stuff, too. I love that they steal an idea from reality television and everyone does that, like, talking into the camera interview piece. What a wonderful way to get everyone up to speed on who all these characters are. Yeah, I said that in my review. I really like that they that's like they integrated that into the plot with those little videos being passed around AIM and S.H.I.E.L.D. by Robert DaCosta as sort of a way to integrate S.H.I.E.L.D. and AIM together and 
get them up to speed on who's who within the um the commanding team and everything i thought that was great i uh, i hope they keep that up because i think that's actually really clever and really funny yeah yeah so many great lines in that issue too where it's like you know i'm robert da costa i'm a mutant i'm a brazilian immigrant i'm an american you know i'm a cannonball i'm a kentucky boy and i'm an american squirrel girls made me laugh out loud there you know i'm uh, I'm a Canadian with dual citizenship, and I'm an American. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah, Squirrel Girl Canada, represent. <laughs> I love you way more now. Talk about more how you're from Canada. <laughs> and Tony Ho, you know, hey, I'm, I'm an Asian lesbian, and I'm American, and you know what? Deal with it, or don't, whatever. <laughs> I love she says that, deal with it, or don't, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Such a funny book. Uh, new villain, too. The Golden Skull, who's a time-traveling pirate who wants to undo America. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in this villain. I didn't really talk about him in my, my review since we only got him on, like, one page. Um, but, yeah, quite an interesting villain. Yeah, I'm going to replace democracy with skullocracy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, now this guy's a political outsider who you need to push. He's got a big, shiny golden head. I'd vote for him. Yeah, yeah. I hope this book keeps its kind of fun, fun take on these characters. It doesn't too. get all like serious and topical and whatnot. Me too. Again, it it is fun. I dig that, especially because you know the Captain America books are holding that down so hard now for political commentary and everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be it would be nice to have like you know you know keep things nice and fun if you can. You know, keep it yeah. funny and everything and feel good. It's a very feel-good comic, and I wasn't expecting to feel good in a book called USA Avengers. Yeah, yeah. That one was feel-good. Champions was feel-good this uh, this week, too. Did you read that one as well? I haven't gotten a chance to read it, but I know it's going to be good because the last couple of issues have been amazing. They really have. I won't spoil this for you. All I will say is that Mark Wade does more for Cyclops in two pages than the last, like, 50 X-Men books have done. Oh, that's awesome. He does more to rehab his character. I'm sitting there reading. I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to like Cyclops. This is a weird feeling. I haven't felt this in forever. He he gets a little part in the new Nova book as well, does Cyclops. Really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because um, have you been reading the new, uh, new Nova book? No, I didn't read Nova since, like, the beginning. It's been a long time for me and Nova. Oh, yeah. You'd definitely be able to pick this up. Uh, Richard Ryder's back as Nova. Right, and he feels um, old. I saw the panel you posed, and he feels old and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some really great stuff in that book where, with him sort of coming to terms that it's he's been away for a while, and he's he's got to come to terms with all these new heroes. And he actually makes a joke about it. It's like, why are all these heroes so young? What happened? <laughs> where's the Iron Men and the Thors and the... The Captain Americas. That's actually a really smart idea to make him like a man out of time because Richard Ryder is a goddamn relic. Like, he was a relic even when he was new. So it's fun to see the current Marvel Universe through his eyes. You're right, man. I think you sold me on that. I kind of want to see that now. Yeah, it's a really cool book. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's fun. That's really fun. Uh, what else did you have uh, this week, Matt? I had Midnighter and Apollo issue four. Oh, shit. I got to catch up on that. I've fallen so behind. We did not get a break this year for Christmas and New Year's. Used to be they would lighten up on us. No, not this time. No, no, we had a lot of books. This this issue was so good. It, Midnighter has made his way to hell to find Apollo, who's been nice. held by Neron. Um, he fights the um, the Lord of the Guns champions and actually he kills him. Like he's got, he, had a, he had a special gun that he could kill Morzia with, but Morzia broke the gun. 
So, so, so in true Midnighter fashion, Midnighter picked up the bullet and headbutted it through his head. Oh, wicked! And it's it's amazing panel panel design as well for that scene as well. Um, but yeah, it was a really cool book. There were some really great moments between Apollo and Neron. Apollo actually asked Neron like what makes him think that he could break him after he's gone through stuff with obviously because he's gay he's gone through stuff with that uh been abducted by aliens <laughs> and se- seen as an outsider and everything so what makes him think that the devil's going to break him that's cool that's really cool yeah it's a really cool book i'm really excited for the last two issues nice nice i'll definitely have to hop back in on that and finish that uh i guess i'll just how many more books do you have matt because i'm fitting to lightning Light- round my last few I got like two. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll lightning round my last couple so we can uh, finish this off because we're almost at like an hour 30 and that's usually where I like to end this. Uh, so Green Arrow number 14 this week, the continuation of the Emerald Outlaw storyline. Did you read it? I haven't read it yet. It's on my pile. Uh, I'll blow your mind away. Uh, so Merlin, uh, Green Arrow's arch nemesis returns, but it's not the classic Merlin. Who is it? It's Malcolm Merlin, the John Barrowman character, but he looks exactly like old Arthur King comic Merlin. Oh, okay then. So they've totally split the difference on these two characters. They've tried to have their cake and eat it too. Be like, okay, look, he'll look and act like the old guy, but we'll give him the name and the backstory of the TV show guy. Right, and and I'm guessing he's the one who's been framing Oliver for all those murders around town? Yes, yes, he was the one. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, this is fine, this is cool, I would prefer if it was Arthur King, but you know, whatever, I'll just have to make peace with the fact that the show will forever influence the comics, even when they say it won't. (laughs) Uh, Avengers number three, this week as well, the continuation of the Kang Time War storyline. Nadia Pym, ironically, the new Wasp, did really good in this issue. She kind of took center stage, which is fitting because her solo book came out this week. Yeah, she did. She she had the the majority of the pages this book saving baby Kang. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, and it was it was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty it's a, cool. It's a nice take on that old science fiction trope of like, well, would you kill baby Hitler if you could stop World War II? Well, would you? Yeah, and, and it, yeah, it's, it's kind of all Vision's fault as well because he tried to do exactly that without realizing that it would piss off other future Kangs or alternate Kangs and make them come after him and everything. I like a Sam Wilson at the end of this story, too, is based like, I am so goddamn sick of fighting Kang, it feels like all we do now is fight Kang. I'm going to put a goddamn end to this. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder what he's got planned. Yeah, really, what's what's his big Hail Mary play? What's his idea? They're, they're going to they're gonna tutor Kang in the future, stay with him until he's, he, till he's growing up. I uh, don't know. That's, that's the third option to the kill Hitler query that no one ever mentions. But what if I befriend Hitler and tell him to go back to art school and tell him to not be a dickbag? Yeah, maybe they'll run with that. There you go. What if I take him to a nice Jewish deli and get him a knish and everything? <laughs> maybe he won't be a hateful asshole then. How about that? What if you try and rehab the shittiness of him? That would be funny. The Avengers just hanging out and raising baby Kang in the future so he doesn't become a dickhead. <laughs> I mean, I guess Marvel kind of technically told that story with the young clone apocalypse, but whatever, you can do it again. It's a good idea. You can do it another time. Yeah, yeah, might as well. Uh, the other story I read, I don't know if you read it too, The Unworthy Thor. Yeah, I read it. Nice, nice. We can talk about this then. Cool issue. It was. I've really been enjoying this book. 
It's kick-ass. As, uh, as a cosmic Marvel thing. I don't know a lot about cosmic Marvel, but so to have, like, books like this come out, where he's like, oh, he's got taken by the Collector and Proxima Midnight and Black, Black Swan. Swan are coming uh, after him and from there's the a Hicks dog from hell called Thori and... <laughs> Which I love the Jason Aaron shows off his big nerd brain where he's like, yeah, yeah, Thori is actually a character from the comics. Go back and read Astonishing Tales of Thor 600 or whatever. <laughs> I'm not making this shit up. This is a real character, I promise. Uh, that's great. Beta Ray Bill getting to be awesome in this. They actually have a short fight between Bill and Thor. I like that Thor Thor gets angry that he's got a hammer, gets a bit jelly. Yeah, he gets super jelly, man. He goes into a berserker rage. He's like a he's like a junkie, he needs his fix. I need my hammer, man, shoot it into my veins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like too that yeah but you mentioned they brought back Black Swan and Proxima Midnight from the Hickman Avengers because uh, freaking everyone just wants this goddamn ultimate hammer now that the word's gotten out about it yeah yeah and only Thor can lift it and it's, it's like powering up because he's there as well isn't it mm -hmm. and I like they have a ticking clock on it now where they're telling the collector like look if someone doesn't claim this hammer in like the next little bit this whole planet's gonna be fucking destroyed yeah yeah and collector's like let it burn if I don't get it no one can have it Yep. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but I like collecting things. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that one was tight. And lastly, the final book I read, this will be going up at midnight. It's 1130 as I record this right now. Nightwing number 12. Uh, You've been keeping up with Nightwing there, Matt? I have, but I haven't been reviewing. I probably should, though, because it's a good book. It is. Ever since he got back to Bloodhaven, it's been, you know, taken to a whole nother level. We got the whole story with the runoffs, a bunch of villains who got runoff from Gotham. Yeah, and I have settled in Bloodhaven. Yeah, really, which, Jesus Christ, you know, I guess after getting kicked out of Gotham, there's not much further you can fall. Yeah, it's just like a mob boss getting kicked out of New York. They just go to, like, Jersey, yeah, New right. Jersey. Yeah, how far can you fall? <laughs> Bloodhaven far. Uh, I actually really like the runoffs as characters. They're all very colorful and very interesting, and they kind of took center stage this issue because they help Nightwing beat Orca. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked seeing Orca. I thought that was really cool. Nice pull. She's a fun, interesting idea for a character, especially because you don't know it's a woman when you look at it right away. <laughs> yeah, you, you're like, oh, God, what is that thing? What is he? And it's like, oh, it's a woman. Yeah, holy shit. Uh, that's fun. Uh, I like, uh, uh, what is it, the, the, the Whale End Gang, who are just dudes who dress up in whale masks. <laughs> Man, did they luck out getting Orca as muscle, really? Yeah, yeah, but but I like I like the whole thing with the mask. How like you've got like gangs that dress up in like the clown masks mm. or the skull masks. They, oh, they just get whale masks. <laughs> oh well, well you know we're from a wharf community. We're from a seaside community. Who are we going to be? Ah, the whalers. There you go. <laughs> go us. We'll be the whalers. Uh, who do you think is behind this thing? Because I have my theory that uh, that what is his name? Jimmy Nice has to be a, a part of this because his name is Jimmy Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really too familiar with all these characters, so I, I have no idea new. who it could be. They're brand yeah, new. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. Then. Um. Yeah. Pro probably Jimmy Nice. Because his name is Jimmy Nice, so he has to be a bad guy. That's the perfect bad guy <laughs> name, Jimmy Nice. He's not nice at all. <laughs> how, uh, how do you like too that Nightwing when he's working at the outreach center there? He of course teaches gymnastics to at Rick's youth, which means he gets to do what he loves. And also wear shorts during the day. <laughs> He's like, thank God for shorts. Shorts that are totally in his costume color as well. 
<laughs> and yet the lady who's turning him into a tourist attraction in Bloodhaven cannot tell by looking at him that he is Nightwing, even though he's wearing the same color scheme. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird. It's, maybe it's maybe funny. maybe if he wears like glasses, people will be like, "Oh my god, it's Nightwing," because the glasses kind of would look like his domino mask. Oh yeah, you gotta like do Nightwing there. He's back to being you know like Lothario man whore of the DC universe. He's like, man, I yeah. gotta save Defacer because I kind of want to bone her. Oh man, you know this evil tourism lady's all up in my grill. Bet I could have sex with her too if I want. <laughs> it's like Jesus, Dick. Keep it in your pants. Come on, there's well, time to be fought. You know, Barbara isn't interested in him anymore, so... He's got a break. He's got to find us somewhere. <laughs> I imagine Dick Grayson's internal monologue is just Tracy Morgan. I'm gonna make all these women pregnant. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> hey, Dick, what we gonna do today? I don't know, Tracy Morgan voice in my head. Jeez, man, Bloodhaven sure is dangerous. <laughs> also, they seem to imply at the end of this, too, that Black Mask might be involved in some way. Ooh. Because I don't know if you saw it there, but it said, Next time in Nightwing, the False Faces. Ooh. And the False Faces was the name of the gang that Black Mask used to run. Yeah. Isn't, wasn't he in, like, the recent Justice... Uh, not Justice League, Suicide Squad book? Oh, no, um, he was in... um. Oh, what was he in? That fucking book I don't read and no Red one Hood. reads. Um, Red, yeah, Red Hood. He had, like, the bizarro Superman under his control or something. I think he was early on. I haven't read that book, so I don't know. In fact, I don't think he's actually been seen. We've seen Black Mask, but I don't think we've seen the False Faces gang. Wouldn't it be funny if the False Face gang got kicked out and had to go to Bloodhaven? <laughs> <laughs> so they're just running around without Black Mask now, but they're still the False Face gang. Uh That'd be fun. I'd read that. So uh, is that everything from this week, Matt? Is this everything covered? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything. Uh, a meaty, meaty first show in 2017, everyone. We hope you're all happy and excited about that one. As always, if you are a patron, uh, excuse me, if you are a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone. It's about uh, 11.42 right now as we record this. I'll be uploading that there. Now everyone's going to be really happy about that. Thank you, uh, everyone who actually gave donations. I know some people, we got some newbies uh, giving money to the patron. We really appreciate that and everything. That really helps out. Uh, thank you, everyone, you know, who's been listening and downloading the show on Podbean. The numbers have been really good there. I'm thinking this year in 2017, I want to try and get the show up on SoundCloud. I want to figure that out. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I'll have to sit down one of these days and figure out what the fucking RSS feed is and all this other shit. You know, <laughs> I'll try and make myself more tech literate for you people because I know a lot of people have been asking, hey, you know, can we get this on iTunes? Can we get this on SoundCloud and everything? I, I picked Podbean because it was the easiest and I assumed it was the easiest to download for everyone else because there's just a button that says download. And then I actually started trying to do shit on my own phone and realizing, oh, yeah, being able to download podcasts directly to your phone when you're out and about feels really good. Yeah, yeah. I'd like it if my show could be like that. Yeah, it'd so, be really uh, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, thank you for joining us for, you know, this show. We hope to give you a whole year's worth of really awesome shows. Uh, anything to say, Matt? Any parting words? Uh, not really. Um, I am, however, currently running a survey for my channel over on my Twitter, and uh, it'll be on some videos in the description just to sort of get people's uh, opinions on, like, what they want to see me do, their likes, dislikes, stuff like that, just so I can make the channel better and give people the content they want. 
Yeah, go do that. Go check that out. Also, Matt and I both have Facebook pages for our respective channels, Cape Joel and Fortress of Solitude. Check those out. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, all that other who's a fudge and everything. And we will we will see you all next time, won't we, Matt? Yep. Bye-bye, everybody. See ya.